Uh, please uh, make sure that you have a bulletin uh, that you are going to follow along with this, I hope. Uh, this is a lesson that I think uh, just proceeds very logically and very, very simply, I hope. I hope there is uh, no where in here that you see room for wiggling or kind of trying to figure out something other than what's simply stated here. One of the most basic foundational principles of who we are as Christians and as a group of believers and being in this, um, the, the body that comes here together at Garrett Street, we base everything upon Scripture uh, this is our foundation for everything. If you go beyond this, you've entered into places where it's just going to start getting into division and heresy, uh, just going away from the truth of Jesus Christ. So today we are looking at one of the things that sets us apart as a congregation. And that is, uh, you know, previously we've talked about being a, being a family and also our focus on Scripture and continuing into Scripture, which is the very Word of God. So now we are going to build upon that, that if we are basing everything that we do and we are speaking just in Scripture and having the same mind because we are trusting in Scripture, therefore, how else does that, that we're, how, what's that going to dictate for us, um, who we are, what we look like, how we're organized, how the church in a sense, is governed. And so today we consider this uh, for the Garrett Street Church of Christ that we are set apart by scriptural organization. Our scriptural organization, we follow scripture, and that is what organizes us, dictates who we are, how we function, um, and hopefully this lesson outlines uh, what we mean by this. And the first statement is a very simple one, and I hope you'll turn with me to, uh, this is actually where we were last week, it's a good carry through then to this week, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse number 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's building, or excuse me, you are God's field, God's building. So based upon this statement that you are God's field, God's building, let me just state this. There is one church. It's one building. And you think of us in in the sense of a building that we are being put together according to uh, the architect's plans. And so there is just, it's one building that's built upon one foundation. The scripture goes on according to, in verse number 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each one must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So there is one church, it is one building, it has one foundation, only one foundation has been laid, that is the foundation determined here, the foundation of Christ Jesus, and then the church is a building that is built upon that one foundation. Simple simple little picture that we get in our heads, uh, an, an image that is created of what the church is. And it just creates in our minds, there's just one Lord Jesus Christ, 
and one church that is built upon him. There's one church built on one foundation. Simple concept. Now we're going to continue to make little steps of progress in uh, some logical steps, hopefully, here as we look and consider some other things about this one church that is built on one Lord, Jesus Christ. This church, the one church, the church belongs to Jesus. Look in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 16 and verse number 18. Matthew 16. This is where uh, Peter has made the good, good confession of who Christ is, that he was the Christ. Um, in verse number 18, Jesus said, I also say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now notice how that fits very much with the, the, what Paul later said that we just read about in 1 Corinthians. The church is a building with one foundation. Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So from this statement we can learn that Jesus said, my church. I will build my church. The church is Christ's church. It belongs to him. It is very scriptural for us to call ourselves the church of Christ. Not only because that language is in other scriptures, but because it is simply a description of who we are. We are the people who belong to Christ. We are Christ's church. The church of Christ. That simply means that we belong to Jesus. We are followers of Christ. That is all we are, isn't it? Do you want to be anything else besides a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Christ? Do you want to belong to anyone else but Him? So as we think about the name, this is an important concept that I think the rest of, this, uh, the, rest of the thoughts as we proceed through here... It relates to what I'm about to say, but as you think about the name that is outside outside of our building, it's on our building, it's a name for us, but it's more than a name, it describes us. We belong to Jesus, we are Christ's church, we belong to him. And that name is not placed out there to say that we are right and everyone else is wrong. That's not the point. It's to say that we belong to Jesus. We are his. And I hope everyone who hears this sermon now in in our hearing or online or if somebody is listening later and you go to a different congregation other than the church You're a part of the church that meets at Garrett Street. I hope you can say that the label that is outside of your building where you typically meet, I hope you can say it is also an accurate description of who you are in Christ. I hope it describes the fact that you belong to him and not dictates that you belong to uh, the teachings of some other man. The idea of names 
of churches is real. It's kind of inaccurate. What we really should think about is how it is describing us. How are we described? The church, the 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 Bible doesn't really give a bunch of names for the church. It talks about a bunch of descriptions of the church. We are the church of God. We belong to God. We belong to Jesus. That means we're the church of Christ or Christ church. There are many descriptions of the church, but the fact is there is but one church built on one foundation, and the church belongs to Jesus. Upon this rock I will build my church. So Jesus is the foundation. It's built upon him. It belongs to him. Next point. The church has Jesus as its head. And this is a reference to authority, but it's also an image of literally a head. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Ephesians chapter 1. In verse number uh, 22, it says, and this is referring to, uh, to God, the Father, He put all things in subjection under His, meaning Jesus, under His feet, and gave Him as head over all things to the church which is his body. So there's a head and there's a body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is the body. So here is another image that's created. We've had a building, a field field mentioned. Now we have the image of a body. We as the church, there is just one church, and that church is a body. And there is a head attached to the top of that body. And that head is Jesus Christ. And all things under him, under the head, are in subjection to him. So Jesus is the head of the church. This is an indication of authority. So there is one church built on the one foundation, which is Jesus Christ. And the church belongs to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the head of the church. How many other heads are there? Silly question. One head. Jesus Christ. There is one authority. Jesus Christ. Consider uh, Colossians. Flip a few pages. Ephesians, then Philippians, then Colossians. Chapter 1, verse number 8. Here it says, um, Colossians chapter... I'm looking at the wrong thing here, I hope. Or maybe it's 18... Verse 18, a little typo there. Colossians 1, 18. He is also the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Jesus is the head. Everything's revolving around Jesus here, isn't it? The church, which is us, we are part of Jesus' body. We are the body of Christ, another description of the church. 
Another label that could be placed outside of a body of believers who follows Christ, they could label themselves as the body of Christ. That would be a correct description. So Jesus is the head of that body. The the head rules over the body. The head is the authority, dictates all that the body will do. In Matthew chapter 28, here is a very simple point that Jesus makes before he uh, ascends into heaven. Very end of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came up and spoke to the apostles. He is speaking to the twelve. Well, it was eleven. Verse 16 is correct. One was no more. But he is speaking to his apostles. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, he was saying, I'm the head. I'm the head. God has made me the head. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore... Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So Jesus saying, I'm the authority, I am the head, and I am commanding you. He gives authority then to his apostles to go out and teach the rest of the world. What to believe. Command them, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So all that the apostles handed down to us, and I could mark kind of the beginning of uh, my New Testament is uh, right there close to my thumb. And all of the rest of these pages here that has been delivered to us through the apostles and those that are, have been confirmed to learn, have learned from the apostles, those things are the commandments of Christ. Jesus, he's the head, the authority. If you want to follow the head, the authority, then you turn and obey the ones that he said to teach us. We go to them. We go to the apostles and learn from them. So, Jesus The church, we have Jesus as our head. He's our authority. And if we truly believe that and want to follow it, then we look to this to understand what that authority has given to us. What Jesus has commanded of us. So the church is one church. Built on one foundation. The church belongs to Jesus. The church has Jesus as its head. We follow Christ. Now, we're going to continue in our logic here. The church consists of many churches. Now, this is a funny thing to say. And you've got to be careful once we get to this point. The church consists of many churches. So, at this point, I'm reminded of uh, this the idea that was conveyed to me when I was uh, young, and it was at a, at a time around gathering around the table of Christ, the communion that we are going to have. 
And there was an old man at a church that we went to in the summers up in Angola, Indiana. When we'd go to the lake every weekend, we'd go to church in Angola, Indiana. And there was a man there by the name of Ray um, Newkirk. Ray Newkirk. And he, was, he had been a preacher for that congregation in years past. And now he was a, just a member there. And Ray had, had the shakes and everything. But he got up there and he said, on on this day, as we gather as the, on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, and the sun rises and sets across every place in the world, there are Christians who are gathering around this table to remember Christ Jesus. And as he said that, I just felt this, this we... You know, it wasn't just, hey, us here in this congregation that we are Christians, that we're followers of Christ. It's the acknowledgement that, that Christ and his message has gone throughout the world and there are believers all across the world in every continent under the sun. There are believers we are part of the body of Christ. Some people might reference that as the universal body, the Catholic body. Catholic just means universal. The big church. There is just one church. And so I had an image of that that day. There is just one church. But in that one church, there are Churches that make it up, meaning congregations of believers in different places and different locations who gather as representatives of the one big church. First Corinthians chapter seven. So follow me through these verses and uh, some of these passages. This one in particular is is not making the point of. The point of the passage is not to say there are a bunch of individual congregations of the one large church, but that's what it ends up teaching um, simultaneously. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 17. It says, Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, by the way, the Lord has assigned, notice the authority of the church. The church comes from Jesus Christ, it comes from the Lord, He's the head. As God has called each, in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. Now, is he saying there's more than one kind of church? Is he saying, well, some there are some churches that are built on the foundation of Christ Jesus, but you go to another place and you might have some other kind of church that's built on something else. No, he's, that's silly. Paul went around from place to place and he would establish a church in that location, in that city. He would establish a church. And so as he went from place to place, he would teach the same thing. And so I direct in all the churches. The authority of Christ was taught in every church. And so, therefore, every individual congregation, as it's easier for me to speak in that language, for us to know that I'm talking about a local congregation, every local congregation that Paul established, he taught them this thing, 
And he taught the same thing somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. And so all of the individual congregations, all the individual churches look very much alike because they're all following and practicing the same thing because they were all taught the same thing because there is only one authority by which they are taught, the authority of Christ Jesus. They are taught the truth and the doctrine of him. So there are many churches... But they're all going to be the same. They're just local congregation, local groups of people that should be believing the same thing. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, here is uh, one of the places where the term churches of Christ is used. Verse Romans uh, 16, 16 says, um, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. This is an indication of many churches which all look alike because they're all part of the one church. So as we think about then these individual churches, these individual congregations that all practice the same thing, each one is autonomous. So each Church, as we think about congregations, each church is autonomous. Each church is independent of others. Look at Titus chapter 1 5. <clears throat> um, and we're going to be hitting 1 uh, Timothy and Titus a few times in here. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, says this, For this reason, and here's Paul speaking to one man, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Elders in every city. So he is to go from place to place and establish elders. This is the authority figure from place to place. Each one is going to have somebody there to help oversee things, to help rule things and govern things, to make sure they stay within the bounds of Scripture under the authority of Christ. We're going to talk about the elders more later. But in every city, they should have that authority figure who is going to be there to help them stay under the authority of Christ. But the point is, then each church is autonomous. Each church is independent. I referenced here Revelation chapters 2 and 3. And if you read through Revelation chapters 2 and 3, you you hear letters being written to individual churches. There is a different description giving a different need for every single church and how they should respond to the call of, of the Spirit. They are all separate independent of each other. And isn't this nice that there are individual churches that are autonomous, separate from each other? Because if something, God forbid, were to happen to Garrett Street, if we, if, if we were no longer in existence, we would have no effect. And we wouldn't be hurting anybody else, would we? You know, and so it, it's nice. If we have, if somebody comes in and gets some false doctrine going here, we aren't going to be hurting anybody else. We're responsible just for ourselves. We aren't going to hurt anyone else. In the same way, if something happens somewhere else, or false teaching comes in somewhere else, we are independent of it. 
we're not going to be affected. That's a beautiful way that it is uh, set up. And this is part of the organization of the church. There's one church with many individual churches in different locations, but they're all under the authority of Christ, but yet we are separate and responsible for each one, making sure that we follow what Christ has said. Each church is autonomous. To hit a few more of these points, and then we'll save some for next week. I'll split this one in two. Each church follows the same teaching. I've kind of made this point already from what we have said, because we are under the authority of Christ, therefore we're under his teaching. But we make this point clear as we think about the individual congregations, the churches scattered throughout the world, each church follows the same teaching. So here we are going to go again to uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, I already mentioned uh, chapter 7, verse 17, but now look at chapter 4, verse 17. Chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. So again, it's, the, it's a picture in everywhere in every church. That means there are a bunch of churches, but they are all being taught the same thing. And Timothy is one who is being told, the, the Corinthians are saying, hey, you better listen to Timothy because I have sent him to make sure everybody is following. All the individual churches to make sure they're following the same thing. Paul taught the same thing everywhere. And again, to add to this, he says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, As only the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in his manner, let, in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. There is one church made up of a bunch of individual churches. We call them congregations. Same thing. And they are all following the same teaching. That was true of Paul, true of Peter, true of all the apostles who went everywhere as the Holy Spirit directed some with the miraculous gifts in that early church, the gifts in that first generation of, of, uh, of, of believers, some, the, the apostles laid their hands on them, they received the miraculous gifts of the Spirit. Some of them were prophets. That means they would be able to speak the very word of God. They were able to teach the things of God. Do you think the, the, the Holy Spirit was going to be teaching different things in different places? One spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There, there, it's just one. The same teaching everywhere. The church, each church, thinking about congregations, churches, they follow the same teaching. Next point, each church consists of saints. Each church consists of saints. So now we're getting very close to who we are. Each church, what is the definition really of a church, each church consists of saints. I just went to 
one verse. And by the way, you know, all these, a lot of these points, some of these points, you know, there's kind of like just one or two verses to go to. But like this point, it's like you can go to many places to go and learn the idea of what a saint is. But look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. To the church of God, a beautiful description of God's people, right? Which is at Corinth. So he's speaking very much of an individual congregation amongst the one true church. There is an individual church in Corinth. To those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Now here's a couple interesting points about this. The church is made up of saints. That's what we're called to be as saints. When we hear God calling us, then we are called to be saints. We're sanctified in Him. We're set apart in Him. When we are immersed into Christ, raised up to new, a new life, we are holy ones in Christ, is the language of what it means to be a saint. You're set apart for Him. You're not a part of the world anymore. Now you are set apart to serve God's purpose. Just common, ordinary people, but have been set apart to serve God in this wonderful way. Saints by calling with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's that sense of that larger picture of, well, and we're not just saints right here at Garrett Street. We're not the only saints. There are saints all across the world. There are saints that meet in other places. And all of those together, we make up the one body of Christ. Saints in every place, calling on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today we are joined with that group, with that beautiful picture of saints. And we're going to finish going through this logical progression next week. But I encourage you to think about saints, being a saint. I would ask you to consider our you a saint and are you actually walking into that manner that you were called to walk according to the authority of christ are you walking as you should are you living like a saint if you're not i encourage you to confess to the church and church will pray for you and will will help get you on the right track um, but if there's anybody who is not in Christ, you, you've been called to be a saint. The whole world is called to be saints, to become a saint, to be sanctified in Christ. Have your sins washed away and just to live for Him forever. And if you need to respond to that, if you need, you've heard about Jesus, you know Him, you want to trust Him, you want to live for Him, then give your life to Him in baptism. That is, that's the calling today. You can be a saint. You can be a part of the one church. You can join the body of believers who are under the authority of Christ. That's the opportunity for you today. If you need to respond, you uh, grab hold of me at the close of this service or you get a hold of me later. And we will teach you and uh, help you to become a saint in Christ. Right now we are going to remember Jesus, our Savior, the one 
that we are in, as we participate in this feast, we are showing our union with him, our oneness with him. And reminding ourselves that we're part of this one body. And we recognize this one body today as we partake of the Lord's Supper. Brothers.